Hey there, welcome to the Moving Up Podcast. I'm your host, Christy Wilson. I'm here to dish out practical advice to help you elevate your business and your life. I'm the CEO of the Wilson Group Real Estate Services here in Nashville, Tennessee. So you know we're going to be covering ground in the real estate industry. But you'll also be hearing from expert leaders in the personal development and entrepreneurship communities. So pull up a seat because we're about to have a lot of fun. It's time for you to move up. So I am super excited today because we have Michael, Michael Conrad with Diligent. (laughs) And we are talking home inspections today, but so much more than home inspections. We've got a lot to cover. And by the end of this conversation, I can already tell we may need a second conversation. Oh, interesting. (laughs) A second podcast. This conversation is going to go all over the place. So it's my pleasure. It's Heather's and my pleasure to introduce Michael Conrad. Thank you, guys. Thank you so much for having me here. This is a real special treat. Yeah, well, likewise, we've been wanting you to come on the show. Tell us, I know very little about you. You just mentioned that you were in production at one time or in theater. I mean, and now you're in home inspections and you have a booming company. So I want to hear all about you and what you do. It's a total uh, logical connection, right? I mean, you study acting, you do acting and theater for a number of years, and then you just naturally go into home inspections, of course. Yeah, I see the connection. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Actually, a lot of people don't realize this. There's a sort of a running joke amongst a lot of my old friends in the theater and the production world that... Theater interestingly prepares you for business and sales in a way that very few other passions do. And that is, you know how to work as a team. You know how to produce a product that is polished and has quality. Even in a sales respect, you learn how to accept others' energy and then return it back Mm -hmm. in sort of an open-minded sort of way. You can be a chameleon and malleable in the market to whatever sort of clients or agents or whoever it is you're working with. So interestingly enough, I didn't know this at the time, but I was learning a lot of business skills, which was good because... I didn't go to business school and I was like, I'm going to start a business. So really starting a business comes down to making sure that you're producing a high quality product Mm -hmm. and that you only have yourself to blame if it fails in the beginning, but that ultimately long-term you can't do it by yourself. That's right. The best business is done together as a team. Rising tides raise all ships. That's right. Mm -hmm. For sure. What prompted you to go from theater into homes or was there a series of steps that got you there. Yeah, there was some intervening time. I had moved from California here and back in 08, which was a great time to move and try to get a new job in a new place. No, it was very difficult. (laughs) That was an interesting time. I'm not sure many agents who are listening to this podcast will remember, but I mean, you could drive down the street and every fourth house was for sale and Mm -hmm. they were hundreds of days on market, hundreds of days on market and and just, you couldn't move real estate. And so- I miss those days. Yeah. (laughs) Just Just a little bit. Yeah. (laughs) Just somewhere in between would be great. Yeah. It's like in the summer when you miss the cold and in the winter you miss the heat. You right. Know, kind yeah. of thing. I never miss the cold. Yeah. <laughs> but I fell into it by accident. Okay. I was raised in the construction world. And so I knew the physical language, the language in my hands of the construction world. I knew how to swing a hammer. I knew how to build a house. But I was always a person who enjoyed learning and I was always a person who enjoyed teaching. And so whenever I got the chance, whether it was on a job site or in volunteer opportunities, I found myself learning and teaching about construction. And so when someone introduced this idea, hey, there's this profession where you go around and you talk about houses and you teach about construction. I was like, wow, I didn't even know that existed. Yeah, that sounds great. I love that idea because ultimately I loved houses and construction, 
I didn't know if I'd love swinging a hammer every day for the rest of my life. You know, I think there was a ceiling there. And so I was looking to open up some opportunity for myself. Okay. All right. So did you start as diligent out the gate or did you start just as Michael Conrad inspector or? Yeah, no, that's a good question. So I, I looked around in the industry and at the time it was very popular, you know, 10 plus years ago, the vast majority of companies were so-and-so's home inspection company, mm-hmm. John's home inspection company, Michael's home inspection company. And I realized that like, okay, if I tie it to my own personal name, what I call like personality branding, then I'm going to be limited over time. I can't grow easily mm-hmm. beyond myself. And if I ever wanted to re-navigate the market, change, alter what I was doing, go somewhere else, leave it all behind, or I was going to struggle. Or sell it. Yes, or <laughs> sell it. And so I wanted to find a way to position myself in the market in a way that made sense to people in their mind, but also didn't limit me. And I read a book that was formative at the time. Uh, it was called Zag. And it was about a marketing and branding sort of guru talking about when everyone is zigging, you need to zag. Mm -hmm. And that radical differentiation is the way you stand out Mm -hmm. in this sort of huge advertisement, marketing heavy world we live in. He called it the brand white noise. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just like cophony of like billboards and Facebook ads and all this kind of stuff. And he said, how do you stand out? Well, it's radical differentiation. And so I, I literally looked around at what everyone else was doing. And I intentionally, many times, did the exact opposite. Everyone was calling themselves John's Home Inspection Company. So I wanted something that was short. And he actually talks, interestingly enough, about the, in that book, about how to name a company. There are hmm. seven rules for naming a company. One of them was a single word, less than you know seven syllables or whatever. It had to have wordplay, something that was interesting on the mind that you could toy with in a marketing campaign. Mm -hmm. It had to be legally defensible. It had to have internet opportunity. And there's a couple other things. And so diligent was this sort of descriptor that also not having the words home inspection connected to it afforded me the opportunity to duck left or duck right. Because as you remember, coming out of the recession, a lot of people were using this phrase called recession-proofing your business. Mm -hmm. That was a real hot topic at the time. And it was this idea of like, there's no guarantees in the world anymore. And you don't, if you choose a profession, you might all blow up in your face or whatever. And so I was like, well, I can't pick a pony and then just like pick the wrong one. So I need to have some ability to do different things. And so diligent became this sort of flagship concept that I could start something, I could add on to it, I could subtract from it, and ultimately just kind of rise to meet the needs of the market and the buyers and the real estate agents. And that's how we started. I'll be darned. Yeah. So I just learned about you guys, I'm going to say it was maybe 2015, and you've been here since 2008? Well, 11 was when we started. Oh, okay. so I, I, I spent a couple of years <laughs> in Nashville sort of finding my way. I understand. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I understand. It's a good town to find your way in. It is. Yeah. yeah. And it was really interesting at the time. It was a total culture shock, but uh, amazing all at the same time. Very good. So you, was it just you doing the home inspections then when you first started? You know, floor sweeper, home inspector, sure. uh-huh. phone answerer, yeah. like all the things. But from the very beginning, I used the plural language because I wanted to build out the rhetoric of the company and the communication of the company as a we structure and as a team structure so that we had room to grow as a company. When you said plural, I was thinking my mom uses plural on everything now, and we've turned it into a Wilson family drinking game. Whenever she... (laughs) 
I know it sounds terrible, but she'll go to La Peep for breakfast. And she's like, my group and I went to La Peeps. And we're like, okay, everybody take a shot. I mean, it's just a holiday family drinking game now. So, so when he said that, I'm like, oh, really? Was there a drinking game opportunity? It's amazing. And I, I'm not sure everyone goes that direction because real estate and even the construction trades can be very individual, you sure. know, in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And very isolating. Yeah. Too, yeah. Yeah. You know, so let's talk about a home inspection and the aspect of a lot of people who may be listening don't know what all a home inspection entails. And there's a ton of questions I have for you, but I know this conversation will just go all over the place and feel free to go as in depth as you need to. Yeah. So a home inspection at its core, I think, is an educational experience. Mm-hmm. It's meant to take someone who doesn't understand how a home operates or what state it's in currently mm-hmm. and bring them to a place of knowledge. Right. And so one of the things we talk about at Diligent is everyone who's in a transaction, even the experienced buyers, there's some fear. Mm-hmm. Fear is just a, a lingering piece of real estate because there's a lot of unknowns. And I think we're all, just as consumers, as people, as humans, I think we're all a little afraid of what we don't understand. Mm-hmm. And so we see our role as educators to empower those home buyers and kind of shed light on what they don't understand. I always tell the analogy of the mechanic. You know, if you don't know as much about cars and someone tells you your car's broken, that feels very scary. Yeah. And you go to the mechanic and hopefully if you have a good mechanic, he helps outline and educate you on what needs to be done and how it's done. And then you can make the decision from a very empowered state like, oh, well, those brake rotors or whatever, I I think I could do that myself. And he's Mm -hmm. like, no, no, you can't. I actually have to do that. So it's like, you know, you can come from this place of fear into a place of empowerment. And that's ultimately the goal. So a home inspection, it is education about the product that you're buying Mm -hmm. and hopefully a place of empowerment so that you can know when to walk away, know when to hold them, know when to fold them, know when to run. So So being that you had a theater background, there are many home inspectors in Nashville and Middle Tennessee. Yeah. Yeah. And there are some that we call the alarmists who that, are I'm going to just thinking that terrify that first time buyer. Then there's some that are just too laissez faire. And it's a fine balance mm-hmm. of helping a buyer understand, hey, this is legitimately sketch or this is legitimately eh, no big deal. How do you navigate that? Yeah, so I'm going to share a little secret, actually. Okay. I, I, I don't, love I don't, secrets. Yeah. I don't tell this very much. So yes. for any of your listeners here that have gone through home inspection process with our company, we have this piece at the end that's called the overview. Mm-hmm. And it's this hugely important time where we want buyers and agents to be present. We typically sit in the kitchen. We ask questions. They ask us questions. We tell them what we found. It's pretty commonplace. Yeah. A lot of companies do this. But again, go with me here. I tell my guys, I say, this time, this overview time is not about delivering information. That's going to kind of seem what it might look like from the outside looking in, but you're not there to deliver the client information about the house. You're actually there to make a human connection and build a relationship. And so this entire time that you're on site that's with anyone else, you need to be dropping hints or laying groundwork or breadcrumbs or whatever for relationship building. And so clients are like, all right, give me the details. Agents are like, give me the details. Mm -hmm. And they think we're going to start going down a bullet point list. And we do. Mm -hmm. There's a theatrical quality to it, in fact. But we are there to build relationship. Because we only get a few minutes face-to-face 
with a lot of these buyers and owners just by the function of this world we work in. And so we might talk to them on the phone before, we might talk to them on the phone afterwards, but ultimately the face-to-face is limited. And so we want all that time to be really focused on the human connection. Mm -hmm. And so how do you avoid being an alarmist? How do you avoid navigating that, you know, too aloof, too lazé or, you know, too deal-killing sort of energy? Well, it's by making a human connection because that ultimately can lead to questions that will allay their fears, mm-hmm. or it can lead to a relationship that leads to conversation later on. Mm-hmm. The home inspection sometimes gets trapped in being this three-hour process at a house. I see it as more of a multi-touch point opportunity to learn about the home. You're going to learn a little bit before you get there. You're going to learn a little bit on site. You're going to learn a little bit by reading the report. And you're going to learn a little bit by asking questions later on. And so, yeah, we're going to tell you that some of the two or three or four things that are probably the most interesting about the house in that overview, but we're really going to be seeking to make that relationship. And that's ultimately, I think, some of that common sense stuff that has allowed us to grow in this market. Well, I must say your guys are awesome, as are your women who work at the office. I mean, they are so helpful to me. And then you have a female home inspector. Annie. We do. Is it Annie? Annie. Annie, yeah. Yeah, really special. I love and that y'all have a girl. I got to tell you, I, and I'm that not just awesome. saying this. If I could have a whole team of female inspectors, I would do it in a heartbeat. Yeah. The attention to detail, the human connectivity. Honestly, it's amazing. And it's just tough because I don't get a lot of those applicants. And I was talking to another home inspection company owner who's a woman in Georgia. And she and I were talking like, well, maybe we need to be looking in other places. So if anyone out there wants to be a home inspector (laughs) or knows someone, send them my way because I'm finding that energy to be really good for our company. My sister would be a good home inspector. She lives in Knoxville, but she would be really good at it. She loves all that stuff. Well, if you love her and you want her to move here, maybe there's an opportunity. But Yeah, I do. (laughs) If you want her to stay three hours away. (laughs) (laughs) Well, her husband could stay three hours. No, I'm just kidding. I love him too. I love my family. (laughs) You're going to get in trouble, Christy. I know, right? I hope they're not listening. So how many inspectors do you have on your staff? Yeah, we have about a dozen inspectors and then a few more ancillary sort of support folk. Mm -hmm. And then we have office and admin related people that are maybe answering phones, handling operations, working on digital marketing, working on interpersonal relationship building. Shannon, who we call in our growth department, her title that she talks about with other agents is an agent consultant because we believe that, sure, we're looking to make new relationships with other real estate agents, and that's her job. But at the end of the day, we do it by learning about their business, Mm -hmm. figuring out where their needs are, and then inviting them to plug in, basically. You can plug this module into your business, and it can either decrease your time, elevate your product, make it more efficient. And so she's kind of like this little matchmaker, matchmaker, make me a match sort of a person where she's out there trying to say, okay, well, what exactly do you need? Okay, you're on this team. Okay, well, maybe you need this product or this service. And that's where we see ourselves as a way that agents can leverage a way that clients can learn. And you know, ultimately, the houses don't have voices, but we hope to advocate for the houses too. Yeah, nice, nice. Yeah. <laughs> so I was telling Heather before you got here how easy it is to schedule an appointment with you guys. Your website is super user-friendly for realtors like me, and it gives you the time and days that are available. You know, mm-hmm. I need Tuesday, let's see, tomorrow's Wednesday at 9 a.m., and it's going to let me know you can or you can't, but then give you your other options. So that's so helpful. Yeah. You know, the market, just as consumers, because of the way technology has progressed um, in other areas of our life, we have learned that certain things work. 
And so we want to provide a similar consumer experience to the way you might order food or order an Uber or, you know, anything like that, where it has to be digital and at your fingertips. Mm -hmm. However, we want to be pushing the edges and finding out new ways to respond to the market. And so the online booking is one way. We started doing texting, which, you know, a couple of years ago, mm-hmm. you may remember texting was not a professional mm-hmm. means of communication. It was sort of done in a colloquial sense, but now it's like everyone texts, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. you know? And so that was an early adoption for us a handful of years ago, just to make sure that we were at the speed of communication that was important to whatever you know person we were working with. Do you guys work on weekends? Do they text you know, back we on the don't. weekends? This like was, if you're trying to get a... I mean, yes. If there is um, office-related logistics or communication, yes, you can definitely reach out to us on the weekends. We don't inspect on the weekends. Mm -hmm. That's a carryover, holdover from when I was inspecting a number of years ago, and I just didn't want to inspect on the weekends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I don't blame you. But for us, you know, just in today's market, our timeframes are so compressed. If we needed, you write an offer on Saturday, and we need to know you can get it inspected on Monday. Can you shoot a text to say, "Hey, can y'all"? And better, I would encourage all the agents, whether you're working with our company or somebody else, get a relationship with whoever is at the other end of that phone. Talk with them on Thursday or Friday. Say, I'm going into the weekend with this buyer. I'm going to the weekend with this listing agent, you know, whatever. And there's something that might come out of this. Yeah. You know, can you hold a slot for me? Can you can you pencil me in? So oh, that's some great. of that pre preparatory mm-hmm. information can be really helpful for making sure that whatever text message does come in over the weekend or quick email, that boom, you got it. Yeah. And that's a little pro tip for all the agents mm-hmm, out there. Exactly. If you want to trim down your inspection due diligence period timeline so that it's most competitive, because we know that in today's sort of climate, it's difficult to be competitive with an inspection contingency. Mm-hmm. And if you're an agent that feels strongly about that, and I would encourage you to feel strongly, we can mm-hmm. go into that. You want to really trim it down. And so the way to do that is talk early to your companies that you're working with and let them know, hey, I'm going to be putting this at a three-day timeline. Can we get everything knocked out? Boom, boom, boom. Mm-hmm. Kind of thing. Yeah. You had a question on that. That was exactly the question that I had was, you know, as an agent, you're always afraid to try a new home inspector. Mm -hmm. One, because of just how are they going to talk to my buyer? Are they going to scare them away? Which I love your philosophy on that. And then the second piece was just ease of being able to communicate to get that inspection penciled in so that we can have the tight window because I am an agent who advocates for inspections. Yeah. So yeah, those are two great things that I think if you've not used diligent should make you feel at ease. Yeah. And that's been a challenge for all of us here at the Wilson group. And I think most agents in middle Tennessee, we all want our clients, our buyers to mm-hmm. have inspections and to be competitive. Now we're having to waive the inspection uh, because so many people are coming in that way. Are you guys feeling that on your side? Are inspections still up or do you feel like a little, because it makes me crazy that that's how competitive you have to be, but I was just curious. Yeah, we're definitely seeing numbers are down. I'm hearing a lot of scuttlebutt out there amongst other inspectors that, you know, our whole area is down. We're feeling it. You know, listings were down 37% in oh, yeah. March <laughs> when there's just less inventory, there's mm-hmm. less inspections and transactions. However, I'm also seeing some behavior by certain listing agents that is definitely ethically gray, where in the listing comments on the MLS, it's saying, you know, no inspection contingencies will be, you know. Oh, wow. So yeah. like that. I mean, or varying yeah. non-blatant language that's sort of bumping up against that. But, you know, ultimately, I find it always interesting that this aversion to information, mm-hmm. the Brits say it best, right? They say the truth will out. Are you watching Bridgerton? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Not currently, but I have. <laughs> I love it. 
And so there was a trend over the last 10 years as well of the listing side moving away from taking possession of the report. Whereas when I started right. 10 years ago, that was relatively commonplace. Mm-hmm. You know, both agents would take possession of it. They'd sort of this, I don't know, let's put our heads together and figure this thing out. And then now there's sort of this, what I call a willful ignorance around, you know, fear of disclosure and, you know, that kind of thing. And so um, I think that's been an extension of where we've become now where like inspection contingency is not welcome or whatever. Yeah. And I think a lot of that too, you were saying when people don't understand something, they're fearful of things. And I've always experienced this in my career of the baby agents, the brand new agent who comes in and they don't know anything about houses or construction yet. They may not, I mean, they may have come from selling Dell computers or something, who knows. Mm -hmm. And they look at everything as a big deal. And the majority of things in an inspection just aren't big deals. You know, they're just indicative of a house built at that time. Mm -hmm. And so that can be dangerous too, when they're not getting proper training from their company. Mm -hmm. So I find myself training agents on the other end all the time. Right. House parts. Yeah. House parts. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. This is, this is difficult because we already know that everything in a home inspection report is not a big deal if we are homeowners. Because we ourselves typically only deal with maintenance in a relatively sort of narrow spectrum of items. There's a lot of things that may be existing at your house that are of needing minor repair or maintenance, but we, we tend to ignore them. I'm not entirely sure that's a good thing, but we already know as homeowners, that not everything is a big deal. And yet all of a sudden we start wearing our agent hat and then like, oh, everything's a big deal. And it's like, that was something else I saw early on that needed a lot of help in this industry was a stratification or a grading of issues so that you didn't end up with just a simple laundry list of items and it felt overwhelming. Because here's a truism of real estate, volume is overwhelming. Mm Mm-hmm. Now, volume of tasks I have to do in a short period of time, volume of items that the home inspector is communicating to me, volume is overwhelming. And so if you are handed a list of 100 items, it's going to feel overwhelming, even if all 100 of them are tiny, itty-bitty, inconsequential things. And so we remember that, that our reports have to feel stratified. Our overview time has to feel limited in the amount of information we pass because we don't want to be overwhelming. And so what is frustrating for me about the new baby agents, as you call them, is that there's no Trek required courses (laughs) Mm -hmm. around how to do a transaction or how to understand a home. And so it's really great that, you know, maybe some of these smaller brokerages like yours are doing that education. And it's really honestly very kind of you to do the education across the aisle, as it were. But I'm not entirely sure how that that's how it's supposed to be. It's it's (laughs) not supposed to be that way, but it's always been that way. And my job is to get my client to the finish line, to get them to closing. So if I have to train that other agent from another company, I mean, I'm clearly not brokering that agent, but you know, I'm like, go talk to your broker. I'm not your broker, but you know, you need to understand about houses. And it's not such a big deal right now because I'm typically a listing agent, not a buyer's agent. Mm And so we're sort of in the driver's seat. Right. So when it comes to being a listing agent, I had a listing a few weeks ago the buyer waived the inspection, but later told me they brought an inspector with them to their showing. Mm, yeah. These are going by a couple different names these days. Walk-in talks, showing inspections. We call them quick consults. This is a brand new product to the market. I would say that this was relatively popular with investors in the past, but this is gaining a lot of popularity amongst agents and home buyers these days, and it's responding to the speed of the market. So to be clear for anyone listening of what this is that Heather's talking about, this is not 
a home inspection. Right. <laughs> Legally, I'm required to tell you this yes. is not a home inspection. The state actually defines what a home inspection is and mm-hmm. regulates our license. And mm-hmm. so, you know, this product is not a home inspection, but it is still helpful. It's okay. different, but it's helpful still. And I'm going to piggyback on that. Make sure you have permission from the seller to bring an inspector in with you. Otherwise, mm. you are in a violation of our code of ethics mm. on what is allowed to happen in a showing as a realtor. If you're just a real estate licensee, you're not bound by the realtor code of ethics. But it's a very gray area, and I've been studying that because someone brought it to my attention. So that seller needs to give permission, permission. because it's right now through the MLS, it's allowing that buyer's agent and the buyer to come through. It's just gray. Yeah, this was a real incognito thing in times mm-hmm. past. I mean, I remember very, a number very, of years ago mm-hmm. when I was buying, this is one of my little tricks, you right. know, that I used to use. I'd get my agent to schedule a long showing and then I'd, you know, go Piggy bust the move, yeah. you know, in there. <laughs> and we could get a lot of information really quickly, negotiate really successfully mm-hmm. without having a due diligence period. Yeah. Yeah. It's here. Now everyone's mm-hmm. doing it. Yeah. But it's interesting. I, I was doing one of these in the East Nashville area, mm-hmm. hot Lachlan Springs sort of area. And it was a first day on market, first day open at 9 a.m. And there were six buyers, a handful of agents, and a handful of home inspectors oh, wow. operating in this sort of like quick consult capacity. And so it was a bit of a frenzy on site. And I think it's interesting. Ultimately, I think buyers might start to be confused if our agents aren't helping them know what this thing is. Sure. They might be confused that this is a home inspection. Mm-hmm. When a home inspection really is kind of has two big bullet point values that I think every buyer needs. Number one, they need to know what the quality of the product is that they're buying so that they may negotiate successfully. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't love the double negotiation of current real estate. Let's get a price. Let's renegotiate. The I don't love that, but that's our current paradigm. And so until we get to pre-listing inspections and as is contracts of the future, and that is the future, we're not there yet. So we'll continue to double negotiate. But the second thing that all these home buyers need is a bit of a roadmap around home ownership and home maintenance. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And really the spirit of a home inspection was never about the little nitpicky things, let alone cosmetics. It was always about the major things. Mm -hmm. But the proof of ability over time was only seen in the comprehensive list. And so buyers would be like, well, what about that issue? And well, I'm intentionally ignoring it. They don't understand. They're like, you missed it. And so little things have crept their way into the reports over the years. And if they don't have the home inspection report, because they didn't get that concept, that service, they're going to miss those little things, which turn into how you own a home and how you maintain a home. Truer words have never been spoken. Hi, I'm Harry Allen, co-founder and chief relationship officer of Studio Bank. Studio Bank is passionate about what our members create, and we're here to support you through the process. We provide capital and services to build businesses. We offer mortgage and home loan options, whether you're a first-time home buyer or purchasing your fifth home. We work with artists to reach their audiences. We help nonprofits transform our community. And often, the most important work we do is simply empowering individuals to pursue their dreams. We're here because what you create matters. Let's create something together. Visit studiobank.com. Member FDIC, equal housing lender, NMLS number 176-1767. I've always thought that people should have a homeownership class. Yes. I mean, especially 
first-time buyers, when you walk into a house and they don't know what a heat and air return is, they don't know what the electric panel is. Mm-hmm. I mean, a 24-year-old buyer, they've always lived in an apartment or lived at home or whatever, and or maybe they're 30, maybe they're 30, who knows? But right. they don't know the components of the home and how to make it work properly and yeah. what you do need to maintain and what you don't need to maintain. And in theory a home inspection report might be able to draw their attention to some of those things in a more holistic capacity because it's another for area of frustration if you want to get on soapboxes is <laughs> buyers agents who maybe are on the younger spectrum of their licensure and tend to ask for everything in the report yeah. to be negotiated for when in reality mm-hmm. it's it was never intended to be like that correct hagen stone told uh-huh. me one time this really great little trick and i've stolen it years ago i stole it and he said a home inspection report is ultimately a list of things. And those lists of things are not all the same. Some are big deals, some are medium-sized, some are small. He said, you should get your buyer, it's like a little practice, to write down the most important things to them at the top of a piece of notebook paper. And then sequentially list all the items that are in a sort of lowering of importance capacity on that piece of paper. And then draw a line in the middle of that list. And everything above the line was an attempt to negotiate. And everything below the line was an assumption of personal responsibility. Oh, I love Mm -hmm. that. And it was a visualization that he was using for his buyers, and I've encouraged for years, to say, look, you see this list? You never write the line at the bottom of the list. So let's just start there. You never you never negotiate for everything. Right. You always assume some responsibility. Now, you could be a super savvy buyer and draw your line at the top of the list and assume responsibility for everything. You could do that mm-hmm. if you got a great deal, maybe. Right. But most likely, it's going to be a one-third, two-thirds, an 80-20. It might even be a 50-50 in some scenarios. But ultimately, not everything was supposed to be negotiated for. Thank you, Hagen, for that one. Yeah. yeah. Thank you, Hagen. That, that's a good one. And it's funny because everything changes with market conditions. Because right now, you don't ask for repairs. Because right. you're going to have three offers behind your primary contract. Who- right has either waived inspection or whatever versus 2015 where mm-hmm. we were negotiating everything or 2008, mm-hmm. the sellers just right now, what do you want to check for? Yeah. yeah. Just yeah. get yeah. me out of this house. Yeah. So how we adapt to market conditions and how the inspection, because when I started 27, 28 years ago, a, not everybody got a home inspection. It was still no. carpe diem, right. not carpe diem. What is it? Let the buyer beware. Caveat oh, uh, emptor. Caveat yeah. emptor. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, no. when I started five years ago, we were in the middle of these repair proposals. Yeah. That was a thing. Every buyer that I had, there was a repair proposal. And so, Christy, and I know maybe this conversation doesn't happen as much because of the market we're in, but at the time, really guided us agents on conversations you have ahead of time Mm. about the home inspection. So we were already telling them, expect 32 pages, even if it's a new construction home or Mm. or there's very little is wrong with the home, it's still going to be a thorough list. So kind of the analogy you used, you had kind of taught me with just conversations to have ahead of time, Mm -hmm. not just one conversation, but multiple conversation kind of getting them ready. It's all about setting the expectation yeah, setting and making the expectation. sure they understand the mm-hmm. expectation. Because to your very first sentence, if they don't understand, it creates fear. You know, yeah. I'm struck by an analogy that there is a need for really agents of really any shape and size, but specifically ones that are newer in their licensure, to really go through the motions and understand all your tar forms and the reasons why they exist and all your language and the reason why it exists is to really kind of put the paces and the extra effort into understanding the contractual obligations and really what I would call the decorum of real estate, Mm -hmm. how things ought to go. Mm -hmm. 
um, I reminded of a time I went fly fishing. And I was so excited. I was in Montana and I went with a guide and I was envisioning myself very river runs through it. You know, yeah. I was, I was, I was <laughs> yeah. really in, I was really in it. And I got skunked terribly that day. And I was cold, bitter cold. And I had forgotten my jacket and I'm there and I'm, I'm in this freezing cold river and I'm cast this line and I'm just, I'm really struggling. I'm really angry. And on our walk back to the car, he said, the days where you catch nothing is the days you really become a great fly fisherman because you're working so much on your process and you're trying and exploring new ideas and you're dodging a little left and you're dodging a little right and you're trying all these things. I'm reminded that that's the climate we're in right now. Not getting these contracts or struggling through some of these new and difficulties, it, it shouldn't make us angry. It ultimately should teach us the contract, teach us the decorum and teach us the process. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think it does. I mean, if it's an agent who is looking at this as their career and not as that as a transaction, mm -hmm. you know, it just depends on the agent and what mm -hmm. their goal is in this business. Is this their livelihood or they're in it to make a quick buck? You know, we have so many varying degrees of agents yeah. in our marketplace. Your fly fishing story is better than mine. I went fly <laughs> fishing. With, I was dating this guy. We went, we were in East Tennessee. We went fly fishing. I don't like swimmy things. I don't like <laughs> swimmy things. I don't like frogs, turtles, fish. And, ugh. So I'm in. I have my waders. The outfit was cute. I wanted to put the little outfit on. Have my little basket. And you know, you're doing everything. Love it. And these trout, they're just hanging out. I mean, it's stocked, right? And these trout, I'm like, oh, they're pretty close. And I, keep doing, and I caught one. <laughs> and the guy just told me what to do, and it like jumped at me, and I threw my rod. I was like, <laughs> threw it. And my boyfriend's looking at me, going. Oh my God, I brought you up. <laughs> was that the last date? <laughs> no, that was like the first weekend date. That was our first out of town date. That was the last fly fishing date. That was our last, it was our last fly fishing date. He's like, you're staying at home. Anyway, sorry. That was total That's amazing. off topic. But whenever I hear fly fishing, I think of my embarrassing throwing the rod at the fish. <laughs> That's not how you do it. That's not how you do it. That's not. Yeah. Okay, speaking of crazy stories, what is the craziest thing you've seen in a house when you're inspecting? <sighs> there are, are so many versions and different sure. like buckets of weird and you know i i would say paintings that are typically of like homeowners in interesting positions or you know whatever is always near the top of the list however <laughs> one of the weirdest things i did inspect, i just can't even imagine <laughs> yes well, like big grandiose portraits of people yeah sometimes nude um <laughs> No, but I inspected a little commercial building over in Berry Hill that was a doll shop. Mm. And it had hundreds and Ooh, hundreds creepy. of old dolls. And it was very the, – the place was in terrible disrepair. It was all these like snaking little tiny rooms connected to tiny rooms, you know, something that had been added on to, you know, commercial Berry Hill. Mm -hmm. And it was totally weird and very creepy. Yeah. And so, yeah, the dolls were definitely there with me during the inspection. <laughs> yeah, watching. <laughs> watching. Watching everything. Someone knew. <laughs> yeah. Oh, boy. <laughs> so do you still inspect? I don't. And I, I haven't – Really, for a number of years now, I find that I love inspecting, but I love so many other things more, I suppose. Sure. Yeah. And now I can provide a leverage of my knowledge and skill. 
And so I can bestow that, you know, or encourage that in some of my inspectors. I can provide a greater depth of detail in certain elements. So you'll find me mostly either in the office doing training with new guys, doing continuing education for both real estate agents and home inspectors. And occasionally I'll jump on the phone with certain agents or clients that are dealing with a really esoteric or sort of weird situation. Think like historic homes, log Mm -hmm. homes, like stucco, you know, the more niche products. We started a company that only works in like the mold moisture environmental testing side. Mm -hmm. So we have a separate company that does that. And so I will often consult around crawl spaces and moisture and and mold, which is an area that causes no small amount of heartache in (laughs) transactions, you know, the big M word that everybody's afraid of and crawl spaces, which for some reason, we keep building them. It's a hundred-year-old terrible idea we're continuing to do. I'm not exactly sure why, but yes, crawl spaces are terrible. <laughs> yeah, I'm not a fan of going in crawl spaces anymore. Yeah. But I do have to brag on your guys. Every diligent inspector I have had inspect for my buyers are wonderful. They What you're training them in the relationship piece mm-hmm. at the end of the inspection, because your staff will call me or text me 30 minutes prior to the end of the inspection, say, hey... He's finishing up about 30 minutes if you and your buyer want to come and get the overview, which I really appreciate. So you don't have to sit around and wait for it to happen. They're lovely and they explain everything really well and do exactly what you're saying. They're building that relationship, giving you enough information, and then you get the report, which I wish there were 32 pages. They're about 96 pages, but that's any house now. I mean, it's just the nature of where the market or where the inspection has gone. Yeah. The overview is meant to wet your whistle, meant to get you real (laughs) curious. We want you reading that report. And we do. Yes. Yeah. Which, and I know we're going way over time, but liability. I mean, the liability on the inspector seems huge. When the buyer signs that waiver, or I guess agreement, agreement, and then the, they're upset about something. Yeah. What do y'all go to mediation? What happens there? Yeah, it, that is a very tough area. That the state of Tennessee is a heavy contract state, mm-hmm. and so uh, for a number of years there was some equivocation around of certain legitimacy of our agreement, you know, did it hold up or whatever. We usually, you know, 99 times out of 100 or more, you know, we're dealing with these things just interpersonally. Mm-hmm. You know, we're just working with folks that may have a lack of understanding of the situation or maybe something was occluded or impossible to inspect or just a hidden defect, you know, at the time. And so there's frustration, there's real emotions there, there's real pain, there's real financial pain. Right. And so they're coming back to the only person they can and saying, hey, what happened here? And so I'm, I'm very sensitive to that. I think any one of us would feel frustration if we got into a home and something was wrong that we had not previously been told about, mm-hmm. specifically if we paid someone to tell us about all the wrong things. So right. I'm sensitive to the position, but ultimately I think it comes down to a lack of buyer understanding around kind of what the purpose of a home inspection. We'll go back to the very beginning Mm -hmm. here. The purpose of home inspection is an educational experience. If you have a teacher who teaches you a subject matter and you don't know something, you don't get angry at the teacher. It's an area that may need more learning, Mm -hmm. you know? And so you you need to seek learning instead of being angry at the teacher. And a lot of times people are like, well, do you like, what's the recompense, you know, or do you have a warranty or do you have insurance? And I like to remind them the home inspection is not a warranty. Yeah. It's not an insurance. In fact, there's literally something called a home warranty that you can get and you should. Yeah. And there's something <laughs> called homeowner's insurance, which you should get and you have to. And yeah. so there are two products that are more oriented towards making you whole, this sort of insurance company of making you whole, should there be an unknown. Now, there's the reality that 
if an inspector misses a major item, there may be a need for that inspector to you know, come to terms with that financially somehow. The state of Tennessee now basically says that our liability is limited to our inspection fee, mm. which really comes down to this idea of what I call transactional value. You paid me to provide you a service. Even if I did 99% of it right, 1% of it wrong, if I overall failed to provide the proper value to you, then transactionally, I kind of need to give your money back some of the time to make sure that there's an equitability. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying you give the money back every time. It's a case-by-case basis. That's usually what people are wanting and more. They want Mm -hmm. you to pay, you know, for something. And I remind them gently and lovingly, this is your asset. There is cost in home ownership of every type. And ultimately, once you repair this asset, the value of that asset will be yours to keep. And so it's not right for me to pay to increase the value of your asset, Mm -hmm. even if it feels unfair or frustrating. Mm -hmm. That is just life. And if you don't like it, I'm totally sensitive to that. You should probably continue to be a renter where you can avoid liability of all kinds. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, I I'm love that. Some I'm glad we have that, that recorded. Me too. Me too. <laughs> soundbite. <laughs> right. That may be the soundbite for this. Michael Conrad, thank you for joining us today. Yeah. This was wonderful. I can't wait to come on to your podcast. That yes, very Diligent exciting. is about, or that you have. The Diligent Agent Podcast will be debuting here shortly. We yeah, can't that's wait. That's exciting. Yeah. So everybody, thanks for tuning in today. If you have questions or comments that you want Heather and I to cover, topics you want us to cover, feel free to email us at podcast at wilsongrouprealestate.com and everyone have an amazing day. Thanks guys. The Wilson Group Real Estate Services is one of Nashville's top premier boutique real estate firms. We specialize in working with buyers and sellers for housing, investment, and commercial needs, as well as offering a full service property management division for your investments. Check out our website today at wilsongrouprealestate.com. Hey, if you're loving the show, go find that little follow button on your podcast app. This will ensure you won't miss a single episode. Until next time.